Welcome to Between the Waves, the podcast all about how to create sustainable mental health to help you find a little bit of space between your waves. So today, everyone, you're super lucky. You've got double Hannah here today. So sitting with me is Hannah Westbrook-Bryan, who is successfully running businesses that connect people in health, well-being and vitality services. And she is the Mums in Business Association coordinator for Devon. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Hi. Yes, I'm great. Thank you. Yourself? Yes, good, thank you. Slightly stressful day with the childcare juggle during the COVID-19 lockdown. How's that been yep. for you? Actually, it hasn't been too bad. I was anticipating the Easter holidays being a bit of a struggle because holidays do tend to be a bit of a struggle in this house. But actually, it's touch wood. It's gone over, It's got all right so far. So that's my yeah. gratitude for the time being. <laughs> and that's great, isn't it? Yeah, mine's the sunshine. So I can at least put the kids in the garden for a bit every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that as well. On the days that I haven't managed to leave the house because we're juggling work and childcare and everything. I've definitely noticed that my mental health takes a bit of a hit. You know, I'm markedly more grumpy and less tolerant than I would be if I just got out for a bit of time in the fresh air and the sunshine at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Although this side of Devon isn't very sunny, although it has been, the sun's gone in. (laughs) So thanks for agreeing to come on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you because actually you're going to bring a slightly different perspective to my normal conversation because you are talking to us from a basis of supporting your husband with his mental health. Yeah I mean this journey has been a very long journey. Our daughter who I just mentioned is 11 when she was three she had a febrile convulsion which was extremely scary and we ended up in hospital with her and she was there for the day. However when you've gone through that it's really difficult to sleep properly because you don't know whether it's going to happen again. The journey started there, but I don't think he realised what was actually happening because he he didn't really talk about things. And then I think it was as much as maybe two years later, I said to him, I said, something's got to give. You, you, You need to go and see a doctor. And obviously we had an argument about it, but he did actually go and see a doctor. And then he was diagnosed with depression and given antidepressants. And he was given counselling. Now, after three sessions of that counselling, the counsellor basically turned around and said, right, well, there's not much I can do for you now. So this is where our journey ends. So then he's started talking to someone. And then all of a sudden, there's a barrier put up and he's got nobody else to talk to. I didn't really understand what was going on with his mind. So I would talk to him normally which when people are depressed they take things in a different in a different way to where so your language if you say something negative they take it negative times 10 or well my husband does he's a lot better now but we've had to work a long way it's been a long journey and if it wasn't for me going out there to support groups for mental health not because I was suffering myself but I went there to find out how I could support him and I learned a lot about, I actually learned a lot about myself whilst wanting to support him as well. Um, and about maybe about seven, seven or eight months ago, he hit what bottom again. Um, so you're probably probably about two or three years into taking his antidepressants. He, he just went downhill and was overly tired, you know, just couldn't concentrate. He'd be really busy at work. So all of his work stuff would just take up his mind. And then he'd come home. And, you know, have a bath and go to bed. And he's just getting worse and worse. And his trigger points were, I mean, obviously, we've got two children and they argue and they fight. And that would be one of his trigger points. And his anger would go from naught to 60 in about five seconds. 
So I said to him again, I said, look, you're going to have to book a review with the doctor. He then had to wait seven weeks for his appointment. So we still had to kind of cope with how he was dealing with things and how we could help him get through them a little bit better at home. Obviously, without kind of scaring the children either. The children didn't really understand what was happening. But he's since been able to speak to a doctor. He's had his meds upped. And then there's still that that whole kind of mental health scenario is that he didn't really know what he what he was thinking or whether he was on his own. And my journey with Mums and Business Association, um, as you mentioned, I'm the coordinator for Devon. There's a lot of people in there that have their own mental health issues. And I've been able to speak to a lot of people to help me support my husband um, in the background kind of without him knowing as well. So I changed my language, how I speak to him, and that helped our communication. And because James has been able to talk a little bit more openly about how he's feeling, it's like the counselling that he had, he should have been having now because he's happy to actually talk about things without feeling judged. He's actually started writing things down, not necessarily the journal. He's been writing them down on his phone and he's recognised how, how he does things to relax himself as well. It's been a very, very long journey with him and we're we're nowhere near the end of it, but we're definitely able to work together a lot more, whether like before we would be at loggerheads because I would want something and he would want something completely different. Whereas now we actually want the same thing. We're just communicating about things a lot better. Yeah, and it's wonderful that he's making progress and learning about himself and ways to support himself I guess I know when I'm in a depressive kind of funk, I get really impatient with myself. I get really cross that I'm not the person, like I'm not putting out into the world the person that I know I am. And I get really frustrated with myself. And and that makes me really quite horrible to be around. You know, I am super grumpy. I do snap at the smallest thing. And I just wonder whether that frustration is also felt by by you in terms of, you know that this isn't, your husband and his kind of true nature do you also feel that frustration that you can't kind of cut through it all I think sometimes it's frustrating because I see like like you've just mentioned you feel like you you can't be yourself or like he will say to me that he feels like he's let us down he doesn't feel like he can do the things that he wants to do he wants to be the provider he wants to be the strong one and that's heartbreaking to hear, although it's taken nearly eight years for him to come out with all of this stuff. But it's nice to hear him say it so I can say that's not that's not the case. We're in this together. You have your strengths and I have my weaknesses. You know, I hate housework. He loves housework. For me, that is a win-win. Absolutely. Um, but, for, but the only the only other issue is, is that when he comes in from work, he doesn't feel like he can settle. He feels like there's always a job to do before he can do that. So I have to try and make sure that there isn't a huge amount of mess. But I've learned that if I can get make sure the house is in a certain state when he gets home, he will come home and relax that little bit quicker. So it's knowing it's knowing how to handle his moods. and, And he normally phones me when he's on his way home from work as well. So we'll have a chat so I can kind of gauge when he's going to be home and realize how much time I've got to make things a little bit more ship shape for him. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And, and I, I can really, I can really sympathize with not being able to relax if there's any kind of chaos around me. I definitely thrive better in a calm kind of clear environment. But 
obviously recognize that I've got two small children as well and that doesn't always work out that way. You mentioned a lot about your communication and how you've worked really hard to make sure that you're using slightly different language and and trying to improve the communication between the pair of you. Can you give us some examples of some of the things you've done? I think that would be really useful to hear. Sure. I mean, James can be a really negative person. So if I have something that I know he's going to find negative. So if I if I've got bad news to deliver. So um, for example, six months ago, we remortgaged our house. Luckily, in the last year, we found someone amazing that told me what paperwork I need to provide and she sorted it all out for us Fantastic. but because of a particular debt so he he forgets about things he doesn't um he doesn't open his post and he doesn't react on things as quickly as what he should do so when he changed his phone contract he forgot that he had an iPad which one of the children had so he cancelled his direct debit didn't think about it so then when we came to remortgage we were restricted because there was this EE bill outstanding of nearly £500. I was like, well, where on earth does that come from? And he's like, oh, well, I forgot about it. And I'm like, how can you forget about something like that? But I had to deliver the fact that our mortgage was going to cost us about £170 more a month because of this particular debt. So probably three or four years ago, I'd be like, well, it's your fault. This, yeah. you know, all this is down to you. You know, we have no choice, but we've got to accept the situation because you, you, you ignored this for years when actually I was like, right, okay, I need you to listen and I need you to see the positive side of the facts that we can get a mortgage, but due to this situation, our lenders, the percentage of lenders that will happily lend to us is considerably low, but we remortgaged and managed to get a little bit of equity. So if we can sort ourselves out when we remortgage in two years time, none of this will be on our credit history and we'll be in a much better position. So it was more about explaining where we were rather than just saying, well, we have to accept this because you ignored this for so long and we've got no choice. So instead of like blaming it on blaming, it sounds really bad, but instead of blaming it on that particular scenario, it was explaining that this is our best opportunity to sort ourselves out now. So it's, it's just about the way you explain things and just not go through the whole blame scenario. I think if you, if you don't, someone who's depressed, I think sometimes will always have a much more negative outlook on somebody else. I, I try and pride myself at the fact that my cup is always half full, whereas James's cup has always been half empty. So we've always kind of leveled each other out. But I didn't realise that some of my language could be taken taken in a negative way. So it's learning how to speak and be understood the way that the person that you're trying to get your point across to can understand and take it take it on board. And you actually have a conversation rather than annoying each other and ended up having a, a massive full blown argument. Yeah, definitely. And I know. So in my experience, when when depression's playing a big part in my life. I've got this constant internal narrative about all the things I'm doing wrong or all the ways I'm not good enough um, because that's one of my triggers. And, you know, someone can say the smallest thing and I will completely take it the wrong way and blow it out of all proportion and get really upset by it when actually it was just meant as a simple question, for example. But I, I cannot take it that way because of this constant really really negative self-talk that's going on I've spent a lot of time trying to learn to say sorry you know I didn't mean to react like that but it hit this trigger or it was because I was 
talking to myself about this particular issue and and just trying to level it out a bit I guess and try and you know trying to change the way I talk to myself is a phenomenally huge undertaking and something that I think is always going to be something I need to work on but I can definitely I think it's a massive thing for all of you yeah. you know he he's actually like so another thing is that we we moved to Devon from Hertfordshire nearly 14 years ago and his parents lived in Saltash which is about 10 10 minutes down the road from us where we are at the minute and they sold their house in the intention that they were going to move um, and then they rented in Sidmouth. Then they went to Newton Poppleford and now they're in Tiverton. They're a good hour and 20 minutes away from us, which means, you know, we don't get to see them. And as it is at the minute, if either of them were in any trouble or they had to self-isolate, we can't get stuff to them. We can't leave stuff on their doorstep because they're too far away. It's an unnecessary journey. Whereas if they were closer to us, we would be able to help them out and support them. And that is playing on James's mind that they are yes. so far away. It's like you need to be closer to us. You know, they're, they're just they don't have any family support around where they are. And that that's playing with him. But he's actually taking it upon himself to write a truthful email of how he's feeling to his parents, which is a massive, massive that's step huge. forward for him. Yeah. And actually having frank conversations with, uh, you know, his parents, his mum, his dad, and and having conversations with his brother about how he's feeling and how that he can talk, but he has to give himself up for it. You know, he he, I think he has to pr- procrastinate about it for a little while before he actually thinks, yeah, I'm ready to do that now, I'm ready to have that conversation. Like a lot of us, sometimes I think it takes a lot to. To, to muster your um, positivity up to go and have that conversation with someone yeah. but when you're talking about yourself and you know you're not in the right frame of mind and you know you haven't been for a long time but having to admit that to people that you love and care about and you know especially the your parents as well it's it's really must have been really really difficult Definitely. um well he wrote the email and then he said he wasn't going to send it and then he went to work and then texted me to say I sent the email I'm like Oh my God, wow. <laughs> you only wrote it half an hour ago. And then you've just obviously gone, oh, do you know what? I've written it, so I need to send it, which is the right, which is the right thing to do. I think if you're going to write something down, you either just write it down for your own use um, as like a journal, or yeah. if you need to, if you need to process something and let somebody know about it. I mean, he wrote something about six weeks ago and let me read it about a week ago. So he's getting ready to deal with his personal emotions and stuff. So um, although we are far from out the water, the fact that he is happy, well, not happy, but comfortable to be able to speak about his experiences. And he actually said to me, if I can help one other person, then I need to start talking, which oh. has actually helped me because now I can start talking as well from the other side of the coin. So from a support point of view and you know I can understand when some somebody else puts out there how they're feeling I can give them a positive message knowing that if I spoke to James like this then maybe I can speak to you like this and maybe it will help you you know feel a bit better about yourself so although I never thought that mental health was going to be a massive issue for me and it isn't for me but I'm learning to deal with it to help and support him and the kids they do know about it they don't really understand it but they do know that daddy's not well yeah and it's a difficult one for kids isn't it I think as adults it takes us a long time like you say to get our heads around it and to fully understand 
kind of what it is and all of the ways it affects our lives and so for children to take that on is quite a lot but just it's just my personal opinion that you know I'm quite open with my kids about my mental health and if I'm having a a difficult day or a difficult few days you know yeah I won't go into the nuts and bolts of everything but I will say that my mental health isn't good and that I might need a few extra cuddles or you know can we please go out for a walk or you know things like that and we'll just have a conversation about how doing different things can help improve our mental health and I think anything that helps them kind of have awareness of it and and stand them in good stead to manage their own mental health as they grow up I think is is a good thing so having that kind of really positive role modeled behavior of yeah daddy's struggling and he's not well but I'm supporting him and and this is what I'm doing is just phenomenal I think that's fantastic yeah and and the thing is is that this worry wart which is what we kind of put it down to he spent a lot of time with the main person in his life learning those negative anxieties about how to worry and I've noticed with my daughter she was getting those same learning those same anxiety tricks from him like he did his mum and although I said normally you know oh it's it's hereditary somebody that I'd met in in this last year has said it's not it's when you're little you learn those traits from the people that you spend the most time with and it is one of those things that you just you just learn it naturally it's not hereditary so you can break that cycle which is exactly what we're trying to do with Ella. She's got journals, she's got crystals, she's got a little worry stone. And we do try and speak to her about things and try and get her to talk. And I think that if you're able to be a positive role model, then your children will just learn that, do you know what, it's okay not to be okay sometimes. And I think that's the best message that we can give our children is that it's okay to talk, it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to cry. But for me, it was definitely changing my language and learning how to communicate with James better. He's seen that I've changed and that's helped him change as well, I think. Yeah, and and that's really positive, isn't it? Being able to feed off the will of each other in terms of, you know, willingness to change. And sometimes it can feel like you've got a mountain to climb to recover from depression or from any mental health condition, or or even not even just recover, even just manage it on a day-to-day basis. And and having someone who's there with you and and able to do some of the work for you in in terms of changing some of their behaviour is is just the most reassuring thing and it is like having a constant hug I think <laughs> and it, it definitely has helped us in this last six months it's definitely definitely helped us so that brings us nicely to the final question that I ask everybody do you okay. have a change one thing for us so if someone can only change one thing because changing everything is far too overwhelming what what would you say that that one thing would be good to focus on? So if I take my own scenario and my own environment, the one thing that I changed that I think has made the biggest impact is my language. Oh, that's fantastic advice. Thanks, Hannah. I think more of us could could learn from your experiences in terms of watching our language and how we talk to other people and, and the things that we're putting out there in the world. People could learn a lot from you. So thank you so much. No, thank you very much for letting me talk about the other side of things as well. It's it's just great to get that other perspective out there. And I'm really grateful for you allowing me to share that with you. Thank you so much, Hannah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. 
please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it's ready and to help other people find us. See you next time.